Hey, podcasters. Welcome to Amassed Community Talks, where Amassed founder and CEO, Boaz Gilad, speaks with business professionals each week who inspire growth and change in their industry. Amassed Community Talks is sponsored by Amassed, the go-to wholesale marketplace connecting the construction industry with local suppliers. Check us out on amassed.com. So, uh, Doug, hi, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, well, uh, Doug, you're from Construction uh, Journal, but tell me, where are you based? So I'm based in Austin, Texas. How cool are you? It's an awesome place. <laughs> Do you, have you been there for a long time? So we moved out here in 2017, and we came from Central Florida. So we've been out here about four years. And when you say we were in the company, or you personally? Me personally, I moved out here with my wife and two kids. Uh, our company, Construction Journal, is actually based in South Florida, in Stewart, a small little uh, fishing town. They build a lot of boats, but we are probably the biggest employer in that whole town. Really? That's yeah. so cool. So how did, what, what brought you to Construction Journal? What did, first of all, tell us like a little bit about you. Uh, where did you, uh, how did you find about Construction Journal? What's your background? Anything you want to share, we'd love to know so people kind of relate to you personally, you know? Absolutely. So I actually got my start in the construction industry when I was really young, about 10, 11 years old. My dad owned an HVAC business and I would work in the summers with him. Uh, basically as a uh, laborer, I would sweep the floors, run tools back and forth to his, to his guys. Uh, and I did that actually all the way up through high school. Every summer I would work 40, 50 hour weeks and I'd make a whole bunch of money, uh, which would pay for my lunch and later my car insurance and things like that. But really got to learn firsthand a lot about the construction industry from the lens of the subcontractor, which is what my dad was. So understanding about materials, understanding about uh, getting payments from general contractors, about bidding on projects. Um, so that really set me up for success. Um, out of college, I was recruited to work for one of our competitors and I started in the sales department. I worked there for about five years. Uh, I was in Florida at the time and I was selling into Texas. So before I'd ever even been to Texas, I started making relationships with the contractors and the companies out here. And that led me to, uh, led me to move out here in 2017, uh, found a great area here in Austin, Texas. And uh, in 2018, I actually switched from the company I was working for to Construction Journal, helped them to also launch the state of Texas as well. And that went really good for about two years. Uh, I actually moved into the marketing department last July. So for the past 12 months, I've been focused on growing our marketing, our demand generation, and our content team here at Construction Journal. That's great. So uh, so, so just for for, for um audience the people are listening to us so tell us because you know most people follow us know amass is a b2b marketplace for construction material and one of the things we love is partnerships with people who are trying to do something innovative and creative and uh, bring more technology uh to the market so tell people who do not know what is construction journal so construction journal is a 25 year old startup uh, we actually were founded in south florida and at the time we provided a a physical publication, so a, a you know a, an article that went to print each week, and that was distributed to our customers in South Florida at the time. And what we did is we would tell them about project opportunities through this 
uh, publication that they would receive to their office. So each week they would look at it and see what projects that they wanted to bid based on what was coming out. Um, we were the first company to actually get online. In 1999, we launched a SaaS application. So we were SaaS before SaaS was cool. And uh, we have since been growing. And this year, we'll actually reach 50 states. So we'll have national coverage, which is a great milestone. Um, but primarily, we help construction professionals to find project opportunities based on the kind of work that they would like to do. So we cover the entire life cycle of construction from planning all the way through operation. So explain to me, uh, just to be clear first, so you started as a more of a newsletter to co contractors and opportunities on a local level. So kind of like a yellow pages meets uh, leading, uh, kind of leads uh, uh, monthly newsletter, right? And now you're only online or are you both online and in print? Correct. So we're only online at this point. We've completely migrated to a online SaaS application. I got you. And then, so, and, and your, your, why would I buy? I mean, I'm assuming if you said SaaS, I'm assuming it's a monthly fee or annual fee or something like that. Your services. Um, yeah. Who's your typical client? Why would you? Why would someone who's watching this or listening to us will join Construction Journal? Yeah. So that's a great question. So our subscription model is based on an annual service, and the pricing is really defined by the geography. So if I'm a roofer and I'm in uh, Austin, Texas, here we would sell a subscription to you that includes Central Texas with about 40 counties from Austin all the way down to San Antonio and all the surrounding areas. Typical price point on our subscriptions are anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 for a single region. As you go up to the state and then multi-state level and eventually national, the price would increase based on the geography that you would need. And 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 the roofer, you just get use an example, is he or she just um, uh, looking for bidding opportunity? Um, or is it more than, I mean, what what other services? So obviously it seems to me, and correct, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, because like like I said, I'm very, we're very excited about the partnership we're doing with you right now, but I've never used your services beyond the fact that we're helping each other now. Um, so if I'm that roofer, you gave an example, okay? I'm gonna log into Construction Journal, it's online, I will see the opportunities in the area, is it? Is it uh, the, the jobs that are looking for bidding or what exactly I am going to see? Yeah, so the beauty about our service is that we have 17 different project criteria that you can use to filter. So if you're a roofer, but you really like to do hotels and, you, and that's what you love to do, you can use our search criteria to go into our database, log in, generate a search that says, I want to see private negotiated projects in the design stage that's new construction, it's a hotel, and I need it to be in one of these three counties. You would put that search together, go ahead and save your search. It's gonna notify you anytime there's a new project that meets that criteria. And then you can view a list of active projects that uh, are exactly specified as to what you wanna do. So that roofer could then see a list of project opportunities he's likely missing because of our research staff. That's really the foundation of our business yeah. is we have over a hundred researchers working on behalf of that one single roofer, something they could never do themselves. Yeah. So they're so outsourcing let's, that resource. Let's dive into that for a second. So uh, how do you, uh, uh, I don't think it's a Coke uh, secret formula, the Coca-Cola secret form formula, but how do you find this information? Yeah, so that's really the, the foundation of what we do is we aggregate projects across 
uh, both the public and private sectors. So we have industry relationships that are longstanding. So our research team, we've been calling on architects, engineers, developers, and owners for years and years and years now. So they expect our call. We also look at every single planning, zoning office, public agency, anywhere there would be information about project opportunities. We use that to aggregate, to, to provide leads to our, our reporters and our sources. And those, every project in our system gets verified by one of our personnel. So we don't just copy paste things in. It's all touched and, and verified by at least two different sources on each project. Our most, uh, I don't know if you know this, but are, are most department buildings online or are there still regions that are manually entered and you don't, re don't really know if someone pulled, because I'll give you an example, we're based in New York and I was a real estate developer for 20 years. And I used to get one of the reasons when you call my office, you never, uh, my extension was never listed because I used to get, you know, three to 10 calls a week, a day, sorry, from uh, trying to get to me from contractors who buy a lead on Blue Book or something like that. And so many times I got messages, hi, I want to bid on this job and give me the address. And this project is present, it's like three years old. Like, you know, they, they were so disconnected from actually where the building is. Someone who want to bid on foundation work and the building is, you know, installing the last kitchen. So uh, how do you deal with that? And, and how do you find that to really not make sure that the, the, the $2,000 or whatever the people are paying you is actually a great value for them? Yeah, so that's a very common problem in our industry uh, on the contractor side. Imagine being that concrete guy and you're calling on a job that's already completed, but you're looking at a, a, a database that says this project is out to bid. So we, we stay on top of the projects through a, a callback frequency based on the stage of the project. So we don't just load a project into our database and then call it done. We have a very strict regimen where we have to follow up on that project and get those updates so that the project is in the appropriate stage. So the last thing we would want is to tell one of our customers that this job is in design when it's actually already been finished. So our researchers are not only responsible for finding projects, but also following up on those projects to ensure the timeline of the job is accurate. And you say you're, um, you're uh, nationwide, you know, all 50 states of... So we're working very quickly to get all 50 states and we expect to have full coverage this year, which we're really yeah. excited about. Mm -hmm. yeah, very cool. And what, do you have any statistics? I mean, where are the most amount of construction you want? I don't know if you have that available for you. It's really cool for us to kind of know because one of the things you probably have access to is data, which is extraordinary because you scan and dive into every region of the country or almost every region of the country to see what, what do you see is the most active areas right now for construction? Yeah, so of course, all your major metro cities are, are going to be above and beyond. But I'll tell you that some of the biggest areas for construction right now, New York, California, Texas, and Florida, those are the really the primary pr places where a lot of the money into development into the private sector is flowing into right now. Yeah, and uh, that, 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 that's really interesting. So here's one of the challenges that I'm dealing with as someone who speaks with uh, both suppliers and with contractors, uh, whether it's plumbers, electrician, GCs, et cetera, on a platform. Now, in the last, I would say, six months, um, uh, they are overwhelmed by the amount of work that comes their way. So they're really dealing with a perfect storm. They're dealing with a substantial increase in cost. Uh, both material, I mean, lumber went through the roof 300% and then dropped down again. So it's very volatile market. 
uh, labor is extremely difficult combination of sites closed by COVID, immigra immigration issues, there's enough of Im Im workers, etc. And there, and I cannot tell you how many uh, uh, suppliers I talked to and says, look, I can barely manage the amount of work that uh, uh, I had in the past. And wow, I, I don't want more work right now. I'm overwhelmed. Uh, so, but in your case, you're basically fundamentally, if I understand correctly, you're helping the average electrician or not the average or large uh, pro, uh, company or small company find more work, right? Uh, how do you deal with the last crazy six months? Yeah. So really my entire career over the last eight years has been selling and while we're in a really good economy. I mean, the last decade has by and large been a really good economy of with the exception of a few months there in 2020 where things were pretty shaky, um, we've we've really been on the up and up. So contractors, their phone is ringing. I mean, they can find projects when they need to. Um, the, the value that we bring to the table that's different for these companies is we're able to find them private negotiated projects. And these are some of the jobs maybe they're not getting a phone call about. Um, these are projects that are generally going to be more profitable and they're going to pay a little quicker because they want to fast track those projects. So that's one of the advantages that we give an example. What, what, what do you mean a uh, uh, project that will pay faster? Yeah, sure. So, uh, for example, somebody's looking to build a restaurant, right? They want to make sure every day that that restaurant is not open, that's costing that owner money. So instead of going through a bid process where they're going to interview 10 contractors and they're, they're not looking for the lowest price, they're looking for the guy that can do it the fastest. They're going to pay a premium there. They're going to award that contract to a GC, and that GC is then going to award those subcontracts out. And they're going to also pay a premium for speed. So that, that project may not go to a formal bid where they're collecting bids from everybody. We can show these subcontractors those opportunities in advance so they can have a, a shot at that. That's one thing we do different. The next thing that really helps contractors a lot is getting an accurate bidders list. So if you get a phone call and you know a, a GC wants you to bid their project, you're going to spend 5, 10, maybe 20 hours putting that bid together. You can submit it to that GC, but if that GC doesn't win the project, well, neither do you. So we can help contractors at least know who else is bidding on that project that maybe didn't give them a call. So they can take the same bid that they've already put together and submit that to the other general contractors. They can get their name in a hat on uh, projects that they may otherwise not have had that chance to. So explain, so just to, to make sure that I understand, um, if a bid, if a job is being bid by numerous GCs, uh, the subcontractors actually can reach out to different GCs on the same job and say, look, I'm giving my proposal to John or to, you know, Mary, and I want to bid on the job anyway, regardless of what you see is. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And since the time has already been invested in putting that bid together, it's generally going to be a lot easier for them to pick up the phone and just say, hey, I want to give this bid to you versus having to rebid a whole new project. So you're really multiplying the amount of bids that you can submit by having a complete list of contractors who are involved in that project, in particular the GCs. And, and one of the things that is extremely important, and we, we addressed it in our mass by giving rating, uh, not us, but letting the ability for vendors and, so, and buyers to give each other rating. One of the biggest thing in this industry is the, who do you trust, right? Because I might underbid a job 
and give you a great price, a million dollars for a large plumbing job or a large, uh, you know, framing job, and then not have enough employees or get in trouble or whatever it is. Do, do you address at all the history of that bidder, or are you just agnostic and you say, all I'm doing is I'm connecting two parties, let them do their due diligence on each other? Yeah, we're pretty agnostic in that regard that we're not going to step in and, and qualify or rate anybody or give anyone preference, but um, we're pretty fair with just trying to connect uh, equal parties to, to each other based on uh, their interest. This all happens within our program, too. So uh, if they're not paying for Construction Journal, they're not going to get access to it. So that's yeah. that's the first qualifier. That do they keeps- list their own uh, criteria? Like, here's how many employees I have. Are you uh, Do union jobs, not union jobs? I can do large scale, not? Or you just open to everybody? So we aggregate that criteria and we'll we'll provide insight into the number of projects that they've been on, uh, the portfolio value of those projects, projects at different stages. But that's aggregating our data. That's not uh, looking for their input. So currently we don't uh, we don't ask for any input in that regard. Yeah. And uh, do you know what's the size of the average size of companies that use the construction journal? Yeah, so we've traditionally sold into what we call the mid-market or the small-medium-sized businesses. So I would say our average uh, contractor is a, we'll call them a roofer with 50 employees doing 10 to 20 million a year. That would be pretty average. Certainly, we have some really big companies and some much smaller companies as well, but uh, that's the typical persona of who has been using Construction Journal thus far. Are you allowed to, and it's okay if you don't, are you allowed to share with us how many members are on Construction Journal? Yeah, so we have over 12,000 users in the program currently on a weekly basis. Wow, nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, good. Let, let me just broad the picture a little bit because you, you know, you you said Doug, you grew up in construction with your dad's business, and you've been in the sales and marketing part of different in two different companies, at least two different companies. Um, how do you see the world of construction uh, changes over time? And last, if you look at last, let's say five years or three years of your work in this industry, do you, what's the fundamental changes you see? Yeah, so this this industry was very slow to adapt. As you know, you're creating solutions for the industry to, to become more technology first industry. Um, what I'm seeing is that there is digitization of you know documents. Things are starting to really digitize, uh, including workflows. Um, but it, it does seem that the uh, there are more people leaving the labor market than are coming in. So I, I foresee that to be a major challenge. That's been a theme for the last three to five years in, in my conversations with customers that, hey, uh, we would love to bid on this project. I just can't get the people to manage the job. And that's my constraint. So uh, labor, I think, is going to be a big issue. And we'll see what um, you know policy does to to help bring in maybe some new people, or uh, I think at the high school and, and college level too, they should really promote, you know, trade schools and some of these construction uh, sciences tracks, which doesn't seem to get a lot of traction through different schools. There's very few choices. It's, it's really interesting you're saying it because, you know, so many uh, industries are experiencing the opposite, where, where robotics and uh, technology replaces people. And people say, I used to have 100 people, employees i don't need 100 employees already. I, I only need 40 of them now and now what do i do with the other 60 
in construction, you're not the first one who talks about it. Um, we actually need more people, right? Uh, we trade people, uh, uh, tra train people, and non-trained people. Uh, uh, so definitely, there'll be a pressure on pricing and mar the market and policies because of that. Whether it's immigration, training, and look, uh, I spoke with, um, and we have another uh, podcast coming about it. Uh, the Someone told me that about 3% of the construction industry is women, right? But with robotics and machinery, you don't need to be the typical kind of um, muscle male person to do construction because a lot to do with it, robotics, lots to do with construction, with building some of the stuff uh, prefabricated, on, not on site. So they're trying to push more and more, invite more and more uh, 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 women into this industry. So it's, it's, it's really interesting that we're one of the only industries when actually we don't have enough employees versus I have too many and computers are replacing them. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. Another trend I'm seeing too, especially kind of amplified through COVID, you know, it seems that retail stores are going to be more showrooms and there's going to be more distribution centers. So starting to see some of the changes in the purpose of the building. So a lot more residential space being developed, obviously, for growing population. Um, in, in the urban centers, less restaurants, you know, that seems to be on a downward trend, more of the uh, ghost kitchens where they just deliver the food from, but it doesn't have a label on it. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's something we're seeing. So a lot of changes in the, the usage of the buildings, more mixed use, more warehouse and more residential seem to be a three on the rise. Which, which calls for a lot of construction work, right? With the material in our case, with the mass, whether it's label and bidding on jobs in a construction journal. So even though maybe there won't be too much square, square foot being added, there'll be a lot of changing or reuse of, of existing spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we see that as well. What do, you, what do you see construction journal uh, in three years or five years? Are you uh, attached and, and in your same business plan, are you going to do the same? Or do you think you're seeing some new feature you're going to release in the future that will modify the way people do business? How do you see the future? Yeah, so I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but one of the things where, where we're focused now is not just on the contractors, but it's on the building product manufacturers. So we recently launched a new division of our company that's focused on the BPMs, manufacturers of building products. And we've developed tools to help them get specified into the project. So that's really, they're after the architects. They want to get their, prod, uh, their products specced in. Um, so that's a segment of the market that we're really focused on. And then continuing to either add or acquire uh, complementary services that would help our target market of those contractors, the GCs and subs. So that might look like invitation to bid, bid management solutions, potentially some takeoff solutions as well. Um, we want to continue to service our market. We've done a great job for 25 years. Uh, we've you know, provided a valuable resource. We want to continue to strengthen that and also see where we can help them in other areas. Yeah. Do you, are you currently integrating with any other uh, platform or software? Do you have any partnerships with, uh, with management softwares or material, anything like that? Yeah, so we've got some things in the works, but Stack Construction Technologies is a popular cloud-based takeoff software. We've got a pretty close partnership and collaboration with them. We're in talks with Procore and with a few other uh, project management tools as well. Um, there's a lot of different opportunity there, and we're certainly exploring what other partnerships make sense for us. That's great. Uh, are you optimistic about the future? I'm very optimistic. I think that construction is really in its infancy of, you know, you know 
its revolution, its trans- transformation. I'm excited to see what the next one, two, three decades holds, how we're going to be building projects, how robotics and 3D printing is going to come into play. So it'll be really interesting to see that. And I think that there's a huge opportunity for technology to to sell into construction because I believe that the construction industry is very receptive right now to new technology. Yeah, really cool. Okay, so if you don't mind a few more uh, last questions. Um, so you speak with contractors on a daily basis, right? Uh, people who are interested in your service. Uh, what's the biggest search they're doing on your platform? I mean, are they just looking, searching for for uh, bids? Are they looking at what their other, what the com- their competitors are doing? What's kind of like their thing that keeps them up at night, get them excited and engaged in your, uh, on your platform? Yeah, so people come to us for the obvious, right? They want to do a project search. They want to find stuff that they're missing. Uh, I think some of the intangible benefits they get is kind of you just hit, hit, hit it on the head there. They can see their competition. They can look at every project their competition is bidding on as well, and they can see the price of those bids. So oh, they really? could then, so the oh, yeah. Price is uh, transparent. Wow. Yeah, there, there's a lot of transparency, and there's uh, then they can kind of do a competitive analysis and they can, you know, look at a project and say, well, my bid would have came in high. I'm not going to bid a project with that guy on it because I know he's going to underbid. So there's a lot of benefits that they get that's kind of intangible. We're, we're really also expanding on our company analysis, which provides detailed contact information. And we're starting to integrate LinkedIn as well. Uh, so we've been a proponent of, you know, building your social network. You know, connect with these guys on LinkedIn. Don't just be a phone call or an email. Uh, reach out to them there as well. So we're adding LinkedIn profiles, which is really adding a new dynamic to our tool. That's very interesting. Yeah. I think one of the challenges we're dealing with is the industry is that there's a lot of bait and switch. So a lot of people will actually um, uh, put a underbid a job many times and then will close the gap through doing change orders or anything like that. Uh, so it's interesting that people actually will be uh, exposed to other people's prices and say, how the hell do they do that? Because I cannot afford this. Well, if I use the professional people and I use the right material and I use the, you know, the, the sensible uh, profitability in the project. So it'll be really interesting if there'll be a, a push to the bottom because of that transparency. Uh, that's really cool. Do you have statistics? Do you have like, do you keep like, what's the average per square foot? people spend if it's come to a roofing job or anything like that, or you don't deal with that? Yeah, no, we, we have some of that data and I, I don't have it offhand, but I can tell yes. you that we uh, generally, when we look at a project, we can pre-populate the estimated value of that project based on the type of job and the square footage. So we definitely have that. We can provide analytics around certain things um, based on based on history and trends about those projects and, and cost per square footage is definitely one of them that we keep around. That's great. That's really yeah. great. So last thing, how do people get in touch with you and why should they reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, you can find us on our website, constructionjournal.com. We offer a, a free, completely free demonstration account. You can log in. You don't have to talk to anybody in sales. Set up your own account. Start using those search criteria. Find those projects. Find those companies. You can do all that online at constructionjournal.com. That's right. Doug, I really, really appreciate the conversation. I think that's such a interesting uh, angle on such a complex uh, uh, industry, right? There's so many components. And every time I speak with someone, I see a different angle. But with you specific to about the bidding process and how very traditional uh, bidding process is becoming now digitalized and 
and uh, march into the uh, marching into the 21st century. So I'm really happy about this conversation. It's really great. Yeah, thanks. thanks for having me. It's been really a pleasure to speak to you, and I'm excited about our partnership and your company as well and uh, growing together with you guys. Absolutely. Likewise. Likewise.